The Phoenix Suns desperately need offense heading into game three. One easy way, Kevin Durant plays a little better. Another way, Monty Williams goes to the bench for more scoring. We'll talk about both on today's episode of Locked On Suns. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Suns your first listen. On this Thursday, one day closer to Game 3, the eternal week of being down 0-2 continues. So hit follow or subscribe wherever you're finding us. Get this show in your feed every single day, including a post-game episode after Friday's Game 3. Bonus episode there. We'll have a game after Game 4 on Sunday. A show after Game 4, I should say. can also follow along at Locked on PHX Suns. We're recording this at a good time. Aaron Edwards is joining us today, as he does every week. Uh, right after Suns practice, where Monty Williams talked a little bit about Chris Paul's injury, about the bench, and where he might look in Game 3. And uh, some good stuff to talk about. But we're going to start with Kevin Durant, Aaron. And uh, I was looking for some sort of statistical something that would explain why this year and last season, although last season was obviously way worse, um, why it just hasn't been there for him in the postseason consistently. Why has he not been the killer that we're used to? He's been awesome. But coming off of 2021, where it felt like nobody could stop him, to now the past two years being a little off, I was like, what's going on here? I couldn't find anything. So the stats don't explain it fully. What do you feel like... Kevin Durant is struggling with right now and what do you feel like needs to happen for him to get back on track is it as simple as just make shots there's got to be something more um I think it's make shots and defenses just play them different now it's it's like really nothing against them is injuries and stuff to the point to where they don't you have to kind of respect the crossover and the quickness and getting to the rim and just like the fact that he could go hard left or right and pull up whenever he wanted. And people just kind of aren't respecting his space anymore. They don't think he can drive by them as often as he used to. It's the whole Harden thing that he kind of has to deal with right now. Even though Katie's jumper is a lot more like reliable, it's people just getting in his space. He even says it. People think they just want to get physical with him and take away his space. And they're, they're kind of not respecting the handle. And he's been turning the ball over a lot. So he's kind of hasn't shown him yet that he won't turn the ball over. So I think I don't know if he can fix that in a week or a couple of days or something. But it's it was happening last series, too. It's just taking away his space and kind of not respecting the handle like people used to. So a few things there, I because I agree, I think that is a lot of it. Um. But I can't really figure out if it's something that it should be less of a threat. Like, is he actually worse? Or are they just playing him aggressively and he can still do it? He just is getting used to a different type of setup where, you know, even like you can pick nits with that Brooklyn team, but they did have a lot of floor spacing. And they were able to play small, you know, and they had a, they had a roster that made sense for it in a way that right now the Suns don't. They don't have enough shooters. They don't have enough two-way guys to play sort of a Kevin Durant at the five type of thing or, you know, just let him go to work. And that's part of why the floor is so clogged. But you mentioned getting to the rim. 
And that's one of the interesting parts of this. It's kind of like the one thing you can really notice as far as a trend might go is um, two years ago in that Brooklyn series or the Brooklyn run where he was amazing against Boston and Milwaukee, he was getting to the rim 16% of the time. It's not None of these numbers are going to be high compared to some guys, but for him, it's pretty high. Uh, his last year in OKC, 24% of his shots were at the rim, 23 the year before that, 32 the year before that. And now... Last year uh, was 12%, and this year 13%. So that is a pretty clear thing where he's not as much of a threat to dunk the ball, get layups, get easy shots, and that makes it easier to guard him if you're not really worried about that. But again, is that, that, does you feel I, like you? if you told me two years ago, coming off an Achilles, Kevin Durant could get to the basket easier, now he can't. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like It feels like a matter of, of doing it rather than if he can do it. Yeah, I think in the last couple of years, uh, even before Claxton kind of like flourished and he started playing better, like he's been having to share a lot of like the rebounding and rim protection part of it too. So it's not exactly like, I mean, he's never been a cakewalk on the defensive side, but he has to do so much. Like he's pretty much having to cover Aiton's ass on defensive rebounds during these games. He was like the only one rebounding in the first quarter of our last game. And I think like that's probably taking a toll, having to be pretty much our main rebounder and shot blocker at the rim and like all that. He has to do so much more and also like get to the rim and kind of take on doubles when or kind of get single covered or have a porter or somebody leaning on him for an entire like it's a lot. And I think that a lot of the defensive stuff that he has to handle now is part of it. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um it's just, it just, that, it just feels like that can't explain all of it. Like, I, I guess that's what it is, right? That's this time of year. It's like, <laughs> He's 34, believe, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe we're just apart on this, but I just like, I'm not gonna, they would need to, to lose in a similar fashion, you know, two more times in the next two games or three games and have it really just be ugly for me to feel like this guy yeah. is something different like you just have to have the faith at a certain point right no i don't think it was gonna i don't think it's gonna happen like two more times or three times in a row i don't think it's anything like that but it was a one-day break and he kind of had a rough one in game one too but i think like he had to share the load on a lot of stuff that he should have gotten help with like he shouldn't have to be the one that's covering for for ayton ayton's in his 20s like he should be the one kind of taking the load off at the rim for KD, if anything. You're right. And so, whoa, my dog is now very participatory in the, in the podcast. Let me let him out. Well, we'll keep it rolling. All right. So I, I, what I want to say about this stuff on the Aiton side, I, I don't want to make this an Aiton conversation. And I will no, say. No, I didn't want to have that either. I just, in the, in the context of KD, and the work that he has to do, Aiton is part of that. Yes. No, and you're totally right. And and I, I think that you can say that and still have it not be like crazy negative on Aiton. You're facing the two-time back-to-back MVP. You're facing, you know, a guy who just put 39 on you. You got you have to have extra help at the rim against that. You know, I, I don't even think it's necessarily a negative, even if maybe we do have some negatives with Aiton in this series to say that. Um, but I also want to say Durant, when the when he's been on the court, the Suns offense has been plus 21. 
uh, per hundred possessions. Like he, when he's out there, good things happen, and and that is partially because he spaces the floor so well, because he can do a little bit of everything. So even Durant's, you know, B plus or B minus type of game, still going to be better than most guys uh, A plus. But that brings me to the question of, um, especially when Jokic isn't in there, or you know. Maybe when, if you put Torrey Craig out there and try to have him try to guard Jokic, that's the closest you can get him to what, what was working for him in Brooklyn, I think, is to try to put him in, at least to get him going. Um, if, if his shot isn't falling earlier, to maybe keep the hot hand going. Like I think we're at the point in the series now, down 0-2, where you would want to see the Suns try some of the stuff that's sort of been up their sleeve more Durant Booker pick and roll directly, not just to get switches and, and mismatches and whatever, but run action where you're actually using that to your benefit. Or uh, again, playing Durant at center and letting him ISO, but letting him ISO with actual space, not Josh Kogi is standing in the corner and DeAndre Ayton's like in the dunker spot. And there's like three guys meeting him at the free throw line when he tries to drive. Um, do you think we will see that just space it out and let Durant try to cook or, do you think that they keep trying to kind of do what they've been doing and just hope it, it works better? I think with Chris Paul out, like, because a lot of that was kind of set on him. He has to kind of run the show a lot of the time. And you're not about to have just Chris Paul sit in the corner or just not run stuff that he wants to run. He, he's his sitting in the corner days. It was hard for us to get him to do it. He hated doing it with Houston. So I think we're going to have a lot of people on the floor now. And it just because out of, necessity like we have to do it this way now i think we're gonna have a lot of people on the floor now that are willing to just let our stars do their thing and money even said and we're just gonna have to live with the what happens now yeah game one i feel like shows you what happens when when chris paul isn't doing his thing right he really didn't impact that game very much and so you gotta have him involved if he's out there if he's healthy and he's obviously not going to be so I think that there there will be moments where Durant can can do sort of what he had been doing in Brooklyn and maybe get a little bit more comfortable, especially with the ball in his hands where he's not worried about getting blocked or getting the ball poked away or whatever, and he can just sort of have space. But I do think to make everybody better, Aiton, the shooters, all that stuff, you also have to put the ball in Booker's hands or Payne's hands and run your normal offense. And that balance has been what's hard, I think, for this Suns team to figure out all playoffs, and it's not really going to get any easier with Chris Paul, but maybe there's one less like cook in the kitchen, I guess you could say. Maybe that actually could be a benefit in some ways. It's just like there's less of a question of what you're doing every time down because it's either Booker's going to run some offense or Durant is probably going to isolate. That's, that's really it. So we'll see. Um, let's yeah, talk about – no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I think the problem with game one was just – we were slow, like getting into actions. And then in game two, like when we just were going, getting into it, everybody moving, we were just missing shots. Like once we like sped the pace up, our offense looked really good. And if those shots fell, it would have been really nice. But yeah, like I think just the pace being higher and campaign's going to be able to do that. He took some ill-advised shots last game, but I think just the pace in general and getting into the offense faster is going to help everybody. Let's talk about what Monty Williams said at practice in terms of uh, Chris Paul's status as well as what else they can do to get some offense on the court. I think music to Suns fans' ears here as Monty might dip into the scorers that have been sitting there on his bench. We'll talk about that next first today's show, guys, brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. 
And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With their eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Coming back, Monty Williams talked about Chris Paul as well as a couple of bench options at practice on Wednesday. Um, let's just start with the Chris Paul thing since it piggybacks off of what we were talking about in that first segment, Aaron. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski was a little bit less definitive in his reporting than Sham Sharania was. So Woj said that his status is in doubt for games three and four, whereas Sham said they're not going to reevaluate him for at least a week and they're expecting to miss him for three through five. And then you had the Suns' official report, which came out after I, uh, the Woj thing and the Suns' official report came out after I recorded yesterday, and they said day-to-day. And then today, on Wednesday at practice, you had Monty saying he's optimistic he will return, uh, which doesn't tell us much of anything. Um, So where are you at? Do you think they're being coy, or do you give it a realistic shot that he plays one of these home games? I would... I mean, I guess I'll give it a shot. Like, trying to guess what – I don't know where Woj or Shams would get stuff from because trying to guess what this team is thinking or saying on injuries, like, it's impossible. Like, Chris Paul was hurt for two months, and we were like, what is going on? Like, Book was hurt, and they let him play for two weeks too long. Like, I just don't know – how they're going to handle this because they don't let stuff leak. And we always find out when we find out, like we never know anything. Yeah. That's what I said originally after the the game the other night, as I was like, don't expect to hear anything real until basically lineups get announced on Friday before the game, six 30. That's when you'll know. And I kind of still feel the same way. I don't think he'll play on Friday. That would surprise me. I will say Woj is a CAA guy and, and Chris Paul is a CAA guy. So you can, maybe uh, pick up the pieces there. I'm, I'm more inclined to, to lean toward what Woj said just because I, I feel like if the Sun, a week is not a very long time. So no. if, if the truth is they're not going to do anything for a week, then why not just say that? So the fact that they said day-to-day and then Woj said, you know, basically kind of game-by-game is, is really more, that feels closer, whereas Shams, I, it just feels very random to, to have such a specific diagnosis and then have the team and another reporter say something different. I mean, it's not like I'm attacking Shams. I'm just trying to give the, the people listening like a little bit of where I'm coming from. But again, you're totally right. We don't know. It's, it's, it would not benefit the Suns at all to come out and say anything definitive because you don't want the Nuggets to, to have anything. So we'll see. Um, let's talk about what else Monty said, though, offense-wise, which is uh, that he might go to TJ Warren and... And Terrence Ross here in game three um, was a little bit surprised to hear him go that hard on it. Cause again, why say anything definitive? The nuggets just get that much extra time to, to kind of expect what's coming. But I guess, let me just ask you, which of those guys would excite you the most uh, or which of them do you think can have the biggest impact if they really get like legit rotation time on Friday? I think uh, Book and T. Ross with the second unit, I think those lineups where Monty was putting Book out there with Piombo, 
Wainwright and like Tory Craig and campaign. Like I think he would help those a lot more and it just wouldn't be like, Hey book, go help us go do something kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, T Ross is still like, he's a minus on defense a lot of times and he gets caught ball watching and you don't want to do that with the nuggets because they cut, they back screen, they screen the hell out of you and all that stuff. But I think that Monty is kind of grasping at straws and he needs points. Like we didn't break 90 last game. So I think that you kind of just have to go with T Ross at this point. It kind of tells me he, what I think people need to like come to terms with. I've seen a lot of campaign talk. Um, I thought campaign played really badly on, on Monday. And I, I, I don't bad. think he was put in a good spot. No. Cause that's what happens when you take guys out of the rotation and put them back in out of nowhere is they're not ready to play. Um, it was some bad decisions though. Some bad decisions. A couple of those KCP threes were right over his head. He didn't even get a hand up. It, it wasn't even just like one thing like, Oh, he missed shots. Like, no, it was everything. Um, <laughs> And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had three fouls in the first stint that he played in the first half. Um, so it kind of tells me Monty doesn't really trust Camp is one one takeaway from him saying the Ross and TJ stuff. Not that Camp won't play because I feel like he probably will, but at least like that that doesn't in Monty's head, Cam playing doesn't check the offense without Chris yeah. Box, right? And I think like to add to what you're saying um one of the parts of chris paul being out is the whole let's try to always have two of booker durant paul and ayton on the court ideally three whatever that gets a lot harder and so you're going to have a lot more stretches of the game and the suns were already like you just said feeling those stretches uh with chris paul being active they're going to feel it even more now so I, I think that's why he wants some instant offense guys who at the very least, like if they get hot and make a couple threes in their like five minute stretch, great. Then we got to stay afloat, you know, and that's Monty like a relief on, on his part. Um, and so with that all said, I feel like Terrence Ross is who I would think too, just because of the confidence. Like th- this is what happens when you don't play TJ for how the sons have had TJ one on their team for three months now feels like the dude has barely even gotten to play like (laughs) five games where he's really part of the rotation there was that one stretch when they had that road trip while Durant was hurt where he played in Sacramento and Philly and whatnot and and was pretty impactful that was about it so I feel like Terrence Ross if if between those two guys he's the one who's going to be able to come in cold and uncomfortable and at least just be like all right taking shots like it doesn't I don't care when the last time I saw the court was I don't care who else I'm out here with if I catch the ball and there's space I'm gonna take a three and that matters because there's not a lot of guys in this rotation that that have shown that yeah it's a lot of guys getting open threes pumping and dribbling into a pass again like it's a lot of that and it's just a bunch of scared playing like it's a lot of just dudes waiting for the shot clock to run out and giving it to book or Chris Paul or KD with three seconds left have been like, all right, thanks for giving me a touch. Here's the ball back. And just really just tough basketball. I think just having dudes that are willing to get a shot up when they're open with the shot clock still reasonable is we need that because right now it's just the starters even (laughs) that really don't want to get shots up right now. Yeah, 
I, I hope that he can make an impact. I think bringing those guys in at home probably helps them. Although I don't know how comfortable Terrence Ross necessarily is, you know, at I mean, footprint you center, can't, but you can't be worse than four points in, from the bench now. Like I think yeah. we've kind of maxed out at how bad this bench can be. So if they give us something, anything, just literally anything, I think we're fine. So let me ask you this. Um, how much criticism and this is a let's actually take a break let's talk about monty williams to close things that's gonna be the third thing okay i knew where you were going (laughs) let's talk monty because i I was about to try to have you do it in like a minute and then i'm like (laughs) there's more than a minute going on there so uh we'll talk about monty williams what what role does he play in getting to the point where there's a little bit of desperation going on and uh, what's like a realistic way to look at him as this series continues next we'll talk about that next um Today's show, though, guys, brought to you by BetterHelp. When we, uh, it's easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you. I know a lot of people that are like this. You're you're trying to help other people. You're trying to be there for people. Listen, help, do whatever you can. And when you spend all of your time giving, it can feel stretched thin or burned out. And therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life, so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. But honestly, even just doing anything. I think a lot of us are feeling burned out. It's been a lot of whiplash, a lot of I'm busy. Now I'm not busy. Now there's nothing to do. Now everything's crazy. Now I'm sick. You know, who knows? And, uh, better is there to give you an easy environment to try to get things headed back in the right direction. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, switch therapists anytime for no additional charge as well. So you can try someone, you can try the whole process and maybe adjust it as you go. You don't have to lock yourself into anything. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get, to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Closing out the show, we're going to talk about Monty Williams. Uh, we're going to try to have a reasonable conversation, but um, one of my goals in these playoffs, Aaron, has been to try to connect with the fan base a little bit more and see the side of the people in the comments who I sometimes make fun of and can be a little uh, short-tempered with. But one of the ways I'm trying to do that is I've been accused of being a Monty truther and Homer for a very long time. (laughs) And I was having a conversation with a friend who's a season ticket holder. And I was asking her about what she thought about Monty. And I basically put it to her this way, which I think is a question I asked you over text once as well of like, how many games do they need to win in this series for his job to be safe? And I'm not ready to do the the firing conversation, so let's not do that. But I guess the way that she put it that we were kind of talking about that I think feels reasonable is third time's kind of the charm. And a Kevin Durant (laughs) trade is kind of the charm. You need to be a coach who does every single thing that you can throughout the whole entire part of the season to maximize the ability to win a championship. And that doesn't just start in game one of the playoffs. That starts with who are the guys that need to feel empowered and ready to go by playoff time that I need to, that I need to get that process going with in January, February, March. You know what I mean? Who are the guys that need to be ready to play with weird lineups, different game plans that maybe don't have that confidence in themselves to always be ready to do that. All those little things that I feel like if you're going into the season thinking championship versus build a program, do this and that, that's what, what happens. It's very different. And that's kind of where I come down on Monty. So that's a long way to come back to the, 
the bench thing, but that's kind of where my head is at watching some of these other playoff games is like, I see Moses Moody give the Warriors good minutes kind of out of nowhere where he's taking shots, making shots, defending De'Aaron Fox or Lord knows who else. And that dude might feel like he was about to get traded in February. And yet here he is making an impact. That's a missing ingredient I don't think these Suns have. And I think the will he, won't he on somebody like Terrence Ross, I think that's what Suns fans are feeling where it's like, why, why is it such a question? Why do we get this dude? Like what's going on here? I think that's what fans are feeling. So I, 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 I'll pass it back to you and just, I, I want to know what you think about that. Cause I feel like a lot of the Monty stuff is unfair, but that feels really fair to me. Yeah. I think when it comes to Monty, like the question is always like, then who do you get next? Like he's a good coach. So who would come after him kind of thing. Yeah. And at this point, like we just want Monty. We, we say this all the time. Monty's pretty stubborn. And it's to the point to where he waits till the thing that I they no fan base has to wait till the thing that they've seen for weeks <laughs> come up. And then he's like, okay, I'll do that. Like it's finally time to do that. And I think that's where the beef with fans comes from. It's like, Hey money, do this, do this. Like this person, like we can't do, we can't score. We can't rebound. Like regardless of what it is, like, Oh, we can't guard another big, like anything like that. And we're like, Hey, maybe this person can, maybe this person can stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. And we're obviously we're not like basketball geniuses, but it's when he finally does give in and he does the thing that we've been asking him to do, like possibly way too late, maybe not too late, but it's just, that's where the money isms like kind of just don't matter for us anymore. And that's probably just the biggest beef. It's just that he kind of waits a long time to do stuff because he's stuck in his ways. And like, I don't blame him for the buck series. We didn't have the bodies. There was nothing he could do. Nothing was stopping that from happening. But I think the last two kind of have been on him. And it's kind of been on James Jones, too. James Jones hasn't helped. Yeah, I think everybody deserves blame. You know, I think last year, I would even say Devin Booker was a real big part of why they lost that series. And I was the first to, to jump on that, probably a little too aggressively in hindsight. But he's gotten a lot better than he was in that series, right? So... I think that improving over time is part of it. And I, I do think that's why Suns fans are, are frustrated with the coaching situation because it's like, hold on, Kevin Durant is on this team. They acquired some of these scores that you could tell that they knew they would need. You know, like why why do the TJ Warren part of this whole thing if 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 you didn't think there was at least a chance you would use him, right? Why sign Terrence Ross? We heard from Woj that Monty personally called Terrence Ross to try to get him yeah. to come on. Uh, that doesn't feel like it's it's there anymore so i yeah yeah i'm i'm not like just trying to put it all on money though like the stuff no like when i say the stuff that we've been saying that they've just been waiting to do i don't think campaign is the backup point guard on the championship team i've never thought that i thought reggie jackson would have been smarter during the trade uh during the trade deadline and free agency I thought just a bigger guard for the playoffs that can get to the rim and get to the foul line is just way more important and campaign's injury prone and i just like it's on everybody and money. He kind of go, he has to work with the people he's got, but he sometimes doesn't even do that. And that's my problem. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think a couple things come to mind, like in terms of waiting a long time, right? Like I think the center thing is a great example. Second half of game one, it felt like Jock Landale worked a little bit. Then he goes back to biz in the first half of game two. And it's the same thing that he did with Shamit a lot, right, in the in the first round, where it's yeah. like he starts the game with Shamit in the rotation, then somebody like Damian Lee or whoever steps up, 
and then next game rolls around and and Shamit's it's right back there. It just it's puzzling and I don't know I don't know what to make of it because again it's like it, it's the playoffs. If something's not working, it's probably not going to work the next game, you know? Like unless it's a superstar. Like we were just saying that about Kevin Durant cuz we're like we've seen it. But yeah. there's not a lot of evidence for the plan A that the Suns come into these games with it's not so great of a plan a that you should be beholden to it right and so like that's one example and then I flip to the nuggets I feel like Mike Malone is known as a pretty stubborn coach himself like maybe even more so than Monty in some ways his <laughs> yeah. dad was a longtime coach dude has been around the league a long time he got fired from Sacramento because he was prickly reportedly I don't know I wasn't there but that's what the, the kind of rumors and reputation was he basically chased off Bones Highland didn't like him made it very well known <laughs> <laughs> then he, he his his front office goes and gets you know uh, Thomas Bryant and Reggie Jackson who you just mentioned at the deadline he's like yeah, I don't care those guys aren't playing uh, <laughs> not, not gonna happen <laughs> and then Christian Brown to, to flip to the positive of what I think Malone deserves a lot of credit for Nuggets fans were screaming about Mike about Christian Brown all season that he was so clearly a good option for them defensively the physicality the size all that stuff and he played smart basketball. And then finally the playoffs come around and Michael Malone's like, yeah, you guys, you know, he's not saying you guys are right. Like he owes it to the fans, but he shows that they were correct to feel optimistic about Brown. And here he is. I think that he's an exploitable piece. The Suns should try to attack more, but he's definitely not getting played off the court. He's made a pretty big impact. So that's the kind of thing that I think Suns fans would have hoped to see from, from Monty, right? Is like, Okay, the Shaman thing is a little obnoxious. Why is he always playing? He's hurt in the end of the regular season, so there really wasn't a chance for it. But you got Terrence Ross for a reason. Commit to it. And it doesn't feel like there's been a whole lot of committing to anything. And so that's all to say, to get back to some positive, if he does play Terrence Ross in this game, if he does play TJ Warren, I definitely don't think that's going to fix everything, but I do think it would go a long way just to trying something. Because I think fans hate the idea of leaving something on the table. Like you said with the Bucks. There wasn't much to be done there. It was going to happen either way. But I do feel like, hey, the Suns can't score when the bench is in the game. There's two scorers on the bench. Try that. If you don't try it, I feel like everyone should feel disappointed that you left something out there that you didn't even try to, to figure out. And you got to do it before you're down 3-0. Yeah, I think just your team missing shots but getting open ones but getting some stops equals, hey, maybe we need to make some shots and maybe we need to have some shot makers out there. I think that was just a simple equation that he just didn't even consider. And, like, yes, I know technically Damian Lee got some good looks and he's supposedly a really good shooter, but that wasn't going either. Like, I think that you've got to mix it up and just do, get dudes that can score at each, di like, different levels, and he wasn't doing that. All right, campaign. I know we agreed he played pretty badly in game two, but we have seen him play well in the playoffs, especially if he months. does start. Um, do you think he'll start and what would your expectations be? Do you think he can bounce back and make some kind of impact? Yeah. I mean, Cam not starting would be Monty doing something different. <laughs> and I think that that just isn't an option. I don't like, I think I tweeted after game two, I was like point book T Ross at two and let's just get weird. And I knew in my head, there was no way Monty would do anything like that, but Steve Kerr probably would. Like, Kerr is down to get really weird sometimes. Kerr and brought I, Draymond I, off the bench for, like, three games, even after the suspension was in the deep rearview mirror, yeah. Yeah, so I just, like, 
yeah, campaign's going to start because Monty's going to start him. Like, it's like as simple as that for me. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. I think he can make an impact. It's just, I think he's in a rough spot. You know, he's trying to come back from a long injury absence, not a super long one, but pretty long, a couple weeks, three weeks, in the middle of a do or die playoff situation. Like, that's not <laughs> ideal for anybody. So, uh, it would be an, it would be a, a nice surprise if he's able to to really do something, score 15, 20 points or, you know, dish the ball around, be a positive out there. Um, I don't think it should be counted on. I think Monty should be ready to at least adjust off of it. He has put the ball in Book's hands plenty in this series so or in, this, in yeah. these playoffs. So I don't I agree he probably won't start him. I said Lee should be the guy to start in, in Paul's place. That feels a little more realistic than um, than Ross. I think even Shamit wouldn't be the most terrible option if – um, if it's with They're the starters, you. you know, if he's tied to They're the starters, you. <laughs> They're gonna he, boo you in the comments. <laughs> here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, he's going to play. So people got to be ready for that. <laughs> he's the if new you're going to play him, if you're going to play him, then you might as well start him. I think is, is what I mean. Um, but the Suns are three and a half point favorites in this game, um, at home, which is pretty much a, a pick them in terms of that's really yeah. just home court there. Uh, how do you feel? You don't have to give me a, like a pick, but you feeling like they can do this or do you think? Yeah, I do think that they can do okay. this. I think that the Jamal Murray thing like wasn't like an out. I mean, it was a bad game, but I think like we played them tough too. I think Akogi really was getting in his stuff and I think just keep that up. And I wasn't a, like, I didn't hate the game plan of, just stay hard on cutters and let Jokic beat you. Like, Aiton worked. Like, I wasn't mad at him for that. Like, he was working. They just called a bunch of fouls, and it kind of threw him off. If we can do that and just make our shots at the same time, I really like the way that we played. I'm kind of interested in – you mentioned Akogi. I agree with you on everything you said. I, you mentioned Akogi. Um, I'm kind of interested by – not starting, probably, but Booker – Akogi, Craig, Durant, eight. I kind of like trying that lineup too, uh, just to get your most trustworthy dudes out there, honestly. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we really, like, I know it's not something you necessarily count on, but one time in four games, five games, six games, for one or both of Craig and Akogi to get hot from three, Craig made his threes in that Clippers series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and Akogi can. Like, we haven't really seen Nakogi have a very good offensive game at any point in these playoffs. I don't know. Maybe that's just silly to, to hope for in the playoffs because he's not going to be guarded. He's going to be out of rhythm. He's going to be giving the ball up like we saw him do a lot when he was the roller. He was, like, not going to be shooting. That was not <laughs> going to be an option for him. Um, but wouldn't be crazy to see those guys make two, two or three threes each in a game, and that could swing things because they can make them, you know. They're not the guys we think of, but they can, so... I think, look, there's nothing to do but be optimistic. I'm not, you talk about getting booed in the comments. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, Suns are going to lose. It'll be the end of the season. That would not I be think a you'll, podcast. I think you'll get booed less saying the Suns are going to lose than saying, yeah, Shaman's going to play 15. Uh, that's fair. Um, well, I'm just trying to get people in, in the right mind space for when it happens, but we'll see. All right, that'll wrap us up. Everydayers, I'll have one more show for you. On Friday, getting you really ready, a deep preview of Game 3, some more specific things that we could see change in terms of X's and O's. I'll try to get some more data or watch the games back. I don't know. We'll see. I'm trying to get a guess is really the bottom line, but <laughs> you'll have that 
right there in your feed on Friday. If you hit follow or subscribe to get it right there. Uh, and after the buzzer on Friday, I will have a recap. Check out Locked On NBA in the meantime. Get that show wherever you get podcasts. And I'll catch you guys tomorrow.